0: I'm Imageddon 2.0 of the fantasy football season. Tell you what, this internet, man, I am plugged in and everything kind of just like went out. I've been using the internet for four or five hours this morning and all of a sudden I go to go live and what do you know, everything just locks up, everything's frozen, sites aren't loading, whatever. But I appreciate you guys all in the chat, Gunnar, Johannes, Snowman, John, appreciate you guys jumping on in here. R. Smith, Robert, appreciate you guys all in here as always, tapping in to Undercovered Ops. If you missed it last night, I did jump back in. Season three of the future cast went live last night. We talked all things transfer portal, Deion Sanders, 2023 NFL Draft, a little dabble, little dabble into that 2023 NFL draft. We got the undercovered ops show right now. And then in just about an hour. We'll be going live once again with a brand new show on the Player Profiler YouTube channel and on the Player Profiler Radio Network on podcast, The Juice. It's a betting show with me as the host, Shervon Fakimi and Charles Ormsby. Uh, Shervon is one of our lead betting analysts and Charles is our lead Player Profiler Edge analyst. And we'll be going live talking through some of the best bets of week 14 in the NFL and talking a little bit of NBA for tonight and tomorrow's. Slates, So that's what we got on tap for you for the next few days on Player Profiler as well as PropCast on Friday night and just all all around. I mean, the decision point was today. We're going to end up with four streams on Wednesday in the middle of the week. Trade gods is tomorrow. I mean, there's shows rolling out every single day, but we're here. We're live. I don't know if I'm lagging, if I'm frozen or if I'm here, but we're going to stick through it and we're going to get you broken down and get our covered ops for this week, 14 We'll see how many more of these undercovered ops shows I do the rest of the year. Drop a comment on YouTube if you think I should go through week 15, go through week 16, go through week 17. There will not be one. There will not be one for week 17 as I will be in Miami getting married. But week 15, 16, I'm not sure which which week I'm going to cut off undercovered ops quite yet. But first things first, this show is brought to you by playerprofiler.com the all-in package dfs dominator the player rankings and the dynasty deluxe section some people might have a problem finding the dynasty deluxe section these days because we added a top offers set to the top of playerprofiler.com next to top offers you can find dynasty deluxe now jesus dynasty deluxe is loaded mock draft data nfl mock draft data player rankings Trade Finder, Trade Analyzer, it's all in there on Dynasty Deluxe. But the big one is DFS Dominator right now. We're in the middle of the NFL season. Some people maybe don't need rankings. If you need rankings, player rankings are on there as well for the rest of the season and the playoffs, $25. The DFS Dominator, $25 for the rest of the season plus the playoffs. If you like playing Week 18 DFS or Playoff DFS or Super Bowl DFS, the DFS Dominator, you subscribe now for $25. It's good for the remainder through the Super Bowl. So go on over to playerprovider.com. The all-in package is 50 bucks. Each tool is 25 from now until the end of the season. And then, of course, after the Super Bowl is when the next season will start over. Jump on over to playerprovider.com today and do that now. Now, again, by Mageddon, like I mentioned before, Atlanta. So we've got Drake London, Cordero Patterson, Tyler Algier, Chicago. No Justin Fields this week. No David Montgomery. No Claypool. Green Bay. The Christian Watson touchdown streak comes to an end thanks to a buy. Again, last week I did a TikTok. There was only one player in the history of the NFL as a rookie to score three touchdowns against Dallas and against Chicago as a rookie. Christian Watson scored three against Dallas earlier this year, and this weekend he had the chance to do it against Chicago, and he scored two touchdowns. He was ever so closely. To tie in Randy Moss as the only person to ever score three touchdowns against Chicago and Dallas would have been epic. No Indianapolis, that means no Jonathan Taylor. And no New Orleans, that means no Elvin Kamara. There's going to be a lot of questions. What do we do with Elvin Kamara and his backup situation? Is it going to be Elvin Kamara, 95% opportunities here from here on out? Or will there be a number two guy behind him? Dwayne Washington's the next in line. They are in a bye, so don't be surprised if they bring David, David Johnson over and uplift him from the practice squad to be on the active roster. Also on the practice squad, Derek Gore. So depending on the depth of your leagues and dynasty or whatever you may be in, maybe you add one of these guys, Derek Gore, Dwayne Washington, David Johnson. I don't want to fucking touch any of them. Who do I have the most trust in? Probably Dwayne Washington of them. But I really think it's going to be a lot of just Elvin Kamara and Taysom Hill, so I'm passing on that. And then Washington is also on by this week, so no Gibson, no Terry McLaurin, no Logan Thomas. No Curtis Samuel, no Taylor Heineke. I don't think there's anybody else there. Just kidding. No Brian Robinson. Um, But yeah, that's the bye week. So like I said, Atlanta, Chicago, Green Bay, Indy, New Orleans, and Washington. Now let's discuss some of the guys we talked about over the last few weeks. This is what makes these undercover ops shows so difficult this late in the season because we've talked about all of these guys on loop week after week after week. And now it's pretty much just keeping that flag planted in the ground, keeping the discussion going on these certain players like Isaiah Hodgins. Isaiah Hodgins is a guy that... Nobody knew anything about. We've been talking about it for four weeks now when he came in and he outsnapped Kenny Galladay like four weeks ago. And now you see he goes for six more targets, five for 44, and a touchdown on an 80% snap share. This is Isaiah Hodgins. He completely took this role away from Marcus Johnson, from David Sills, and from Kenny Galladay, and you can continue to trust him. Again, they did not go out and get anybody in free agency in the trade deadline. They rolled with Darius Slayton, who went eight targets, six for 90, on a 92% snap share. Daniel Bellinger is back. Bellinger had five targets for 24 yards in this game with a 97% snapshot. You can now trust Bellinger. Remember Bellinger earlier in the year? He was climbing, 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 climbing to that opportunity, and then he got injured. He's back. You can now trust him as a streamer at the tight end position because they do. Richie James, kind of flamed out a little bit, only three targets, three receptions, 20 yards. I still think he's going to be a guy that's focused on and targeted in some of these games down the stretch, but Isaiah Hodgins being that big X in the outside opposite of uh, Darius Slayton, who's also on the outside, more of a speed guy, 6 for 90. But they're focusing on Slayton. It's weird. Um, it's, it's a guy that early in his career, everyone, second-round pick, everyone was like, ah, he's just a, just a sprint guy. He's not going to make the roster. He's still here. He's just hanging around. He's made the roster. And he's doing the damn thing. The big one this week for me was the Rams. You look at the Rams, and I could try to bring up this document, but the problem is with my internet today is that every single time I've brought up a different desk, I have two sheets running. I have StreamYard running and I have a snap count page running. And if I add another one, it, it's been slowing me down every single time. But what I wanted to show you guys was right now in the FFWC, some of you guys were with me in the preseason in July and August while I was drafting on the FFWC. You guys were tapping in. And right now in the FFWC, there's about a thousand or eleven hundred teams in the FFWC Player Profiler Championship. And this team, is ranked 29th overall in the entire tournament. It's 11-2. It's dominating. it's, it's, It's jumped up each week, each week, each week. And I want to read you off this team, and why I want to read you off this team is because it's went through a few different phases during the season. This team started out with Russell Wilson at quarterback. In week three, I cut him for Marcus Mariota. In week six, or week five, I dropped Mariota for Justin Fields. I've been rolling with Justin Fields all season. I had to play Trevor Lawrence a couple weeks ago, and I had to play Trevor Lawrence this week, assuming he plays. I might have to grab another guy to back him up. But the point more so is I got McCaffrey, I got ETN, and I got Cam Akers. I started Cam Akers last week. Not many people started Cam Akers. This team is top 30 in the FFWC Player Profile Championship with Cam Akers at running back. McCaffrey, Etienne, and Cam Akers. Talk about a roller coaster of a season at the running back position, and this team has continued to stay top 30. DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson, Tyler Boyd, DeAndre Hopkins. This one has Isaiah Hodgins, Travis Kelsey, Greg Dulcich. This is a squad. Curtis Samuel, Jacoby Myers. It's a squad. But the big conversation I wanted to have with you is Cam Akers. That's why you don't quit on guys. Yeah, I made a negative TikTok about him being the next Darius guys but that's why you don't quit on talent. The season started, and it was a lot of Daryl Henderson's the guy. Daryl Henderson's the guy. And I think, I thought, I thought they cut Daryl Henderson to give him a chance to go to somewhere else and play. He hasn't even done anything in Jacksonville. So it makes you think twice. Maybe he's just not the answer. Maybe he's just not good. I don't know. He, He seemed to look good on the field earlier this year. But anyways, Cam Akers comes back from the dead. 18 touches, one target, 60 yards, and scores two touchdowns with a 72% snap share alongside Kyron Williams, who had a 28%. So it was a clean 72-28 split between Cam Akers and Kyron Williams. We talked about this a few weeks ago where this team sucks right now and they just lost Cup. Season debut, 28% snap share. That's a few weeks ago. Eight routes, three targets. What did he do this week? 28%. One target, three touches, literally mirroring what he did a few weeks ago. This looks like this is how they're going to split this. They're going to split this 70-30, Cam to Kyron. They just got Baker Mayfield. They really don't have much of an offense. Their offensive line hasn't been great. But they he scored two touchdowns against the Seahawks. So I can trust Cam to a, to a certain point. The Rams have the third-best fantasy schedule for the playoffs. Again, they just played Seattle. They had New Orleans, Kansas City, Vegas, and Green Bay down the stretch. That is a lot. Of, it's a lot of primetime football games, and it's a lot of good running back situations and good running back matchups. So Cam is a guy that a lot of people might say, "Ew, I don't want to add him," or you know, what? "Why would I re-add him? He's dead. He's not dead." The Achilles thing is the Achilles thing, but it, what we've done for research and what we've seen is that it affects more running backs in the pass game than it does in the run game. A lot of running backs now are coming back and they're getting the job done in the running game. Muhammad Ibrahim from the Minnesota uh Golden Gophers, Deontay Foreman from Carolina, Cam Akers here, James Robinson, like all these running backs can run just fine in the running game, in the rushing game. They have hiccups, but they're 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 back. They're you know, back to 80% of their self. Muhammad 120% of himself. It's the passing game. But that doesn't matter. Opportunities are opportunities. 18 touches, 60 yards, two touchdowns for Cam Akers. Enough about Cam Akers. Let's talk about the next wide receivers down the list. Go back to Nico Collins. We talked about him last week. We've talked about him on loop for a year. Ten more targets. Three for 35 and a touchdown. He had ten targets, only caught three. Had a tough matchup this last week with the Cleveland defensive backs. Denzel Ward being the mainstay of that. 72% snap share. He again goes over double-digit targets, and we said he would go double-digit the rest of the way. He gets Dallas this week, great matchup against Trayvon Diggs where Diggs takes those chances. Davis Mills is back at quarterback. He's going to give him those chances, look for Nico to take a chance like Diggs and take one over the top. Kansas City, Tennessee, Jacksonville down the stretch, he had nine targets in Week 12, seven Week 11, ten in Week 10. That is literally 36 targets over the last four games. He's taking that next step. He's taking that next step. He's the only alpha left in this offense with Brandon Cook's hurt. A tight end, Jordan Akins, six targets, Brevin Jordan, five, 37% for Brevin Jordan. Not sure if this is ever going to actually happen for Brevin Jordan, but we keep getting these spurts of like life, right? We know he's 235-pound tight end, 6'3", four, four, four receptions off of five targets for 46 yards for Brevin Jordan. He looked good. But Aikens is still out snapping him and they're still running out Teagan Quarantino. There's a bevy of guys in this offense. Garrett freaking Wilson. Stud league winner. League winner. He and Mike White's connection is the only reason that the Jets were in that game last Sunday against the Minnesota Vikings, 15 targets, eight for over 160 yards and a 92% snap share. Corey Davis looked good. He had over half of his yards come on one target late in the game, 10 targets, five for 85. And Elijah Moore had six targets for himself, but he only had three for 17 to show for it. He didn't look bad though. He definitely did not look bad at tight end. Conklin got seven targets, but the Vikings know who Conklin is. Two receptions, nine yards. Uzama had one reception off of one target for 31 yards follow Conklin's targets. People are going to say, wow, Conklin did it. We trusted him last week in that revenge game. He didn't do anything. This week he gets Buffalo. I'm totally okay with, I got Cole commit on bye. I'll add Tyler Conklin this week. He had the seven targets. He looks like the old Tyler Conklin. Trust the process. He's wearing a a Mike fucking white shirt, and, and Mike White's wearing a Tyler fucking Conklin shirt. This is actually a thing last week. Tyler fucking Conklin, Mike fucking white, wearing each other's shirts. Awesome. Never seen that before. Both guys, usually it's just one. Shout out to both of them. Trust Tyler Conklin in week 14 against the Buffalo Bills. Now, the one guy that I've been vouching for the last few weeks in Cleveland has been David Bell. What's it going to look like with Deshaun Watson in this offense? What's it going to look like from a target share stance in this offense? And David Bell gets hurt. One target, 5% snap share. He goes out with a hand injury. So, I mean, it's depending on on what comes out about him. I haven't seen an updated uh, any inf- updated information on whether it was season ending. Look it up right now. Kind of behind the a ball on that. Ruled out with a hand injury. Yeah, there's nothing else. Nothing else updated for the go ahead on David Bell. But Donovan Peoples Jones only had three targets, three for forty four. He had a big punt return. Kareem Hunt had eleven touches, three targets. But Amari Cooper had the nine targets. I don't really know what to do with. Um, that game per se. They get Cincinnati this week, better matchup on the back end. Then they get Baltimore and New Orleans. Houston was a tough matchup as far as the defensive backs go. Um, for Deshaun Watson, in that opening game, it doesn't come on paper like that, but it doesn't show on paper like that, but on the screen and everything, it, it makes sense why Houston was a tough matchup. And he just had the rust, so we'll, we'll move on past that. Drake London, we talked about de Zacchaeus last week. Drake London also in this offense, we've kind of ignored because he just continued to flame this entire year. Olamide had five targets, two for 13 this game with an 87% snapshot that tied Drake London with the number one snapshot on the team with 87%. London got his 12 targets. He got the 12 targets. He went six for 95. He caught 50% of the balls. Same thing we talked about last week was he's getting the targets, but he's not catching every ball. He caught 50%. You got 12 targets. That target share rises again. We'll see what goes on with uh Desmond Ritter. It sounds like Arthur Smith is more open to having Ritter play during the rest of the season. They're still only a game out, a game behind Tampa Bay, and they do play them the final game of the season. So there's still a chance for Atlanta to make the playoffs, however. But it looks like Drake London is in a good spot to play. Reasonably well, the rest of the season. They have a bye this week. They had a juicy matchup against Pittsburgh. Obviously, Pittsburgh last week. They allow the most fantasy points to wide receivers next to the Vikings, the last team in the league. New Orleans isn't a bad matchup, depending if Marcus Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore is healthy, then Baltimore, and then a juicy one in week 17, the fantasy championship against the Arizona Cardinals. Traylon Burks. I took the jersey down. It was right here. It's now over here What a catch. What a catch, first off. What a catch. We got to applaud. We got to applaud Traylon Burks, first things first, because he's a dog. All right. And we've known he's been a dog. And I'm going to talk about this more on the future cast over the next four months. And the dog ratings will officially be released for the 2023 class eventually. Um, and with that they will will have past classes so you guys will see my 2022 and my 2021 stuff which is currently like half behind the scenes half on patreon patreon patreon.com forward slash carpenter nfl you can scroll down on the forum there and, and you can find the past dog rating uh grades on paper but Traylon Burks. Week after week after week has taken those next steps the six targets, the eight targets, the six targets. And this week he was on his freaking way to not only everybody talking about AJ Brown having 10 targets for eight receptions, 119 yards, two touchdowns, but Traylon Burks was on pace to saying, Fuck that. I'm the new guy in, a, in Tennessee. And maybe John Robinson still has his job if Traylon Burks doesn't take that hit across the middle in the end zone while catching the football. Because Burks was showing it. Burks was – he was – that was like breaking through. Again, we saw 7 for 111, 4 for 70 the last few weeks. And then this was the game where – you know he was circling it too. I hate that. So everybody right now is saying, A.J. Brown dog the Titans. He's beat the shit out of them. Da-da-da. John Robinson got fired. But it's like everyone's forgetting that Trillon Burks was the other side of that story where it's like, oh, they look bad because the receiving room sucks. Burks was taking that next fucking step. I was so hyped when he caught that football. But the minute he got hit – I called my fiance and I go, you got to come look at this. She's in medical school. I go, you got to come look at this because this he looks dead. He got fucking smoked. Caught the ball, 25-yard touchdown, held on to it despite getting that hit. He'll be ruled out, ruled out the rest of that game, probably gonna be ruled out for this next game as well. But Traylon Burks, man, if 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 it wasn't this Jacksonville matchup, would have been so juicy for him to play rest of season Chargers, Houston, Dallas. But Burks, what he's showing the last three weeks. Is a screaming buy in Dynasty, in my opinion. And you're gonna say, well, but we already know what he is. We already know he's he's been a buy. He's been this. It's it's more so he's he's high end. Now. He's not high end now. People are still fading him. You can go follow Fusu Vu on Twitter. He is at the front of the train station, the front of the the, the front of the train right now, beating the Traylon Burke's drum because people are are running out. The best case scenario, you know, Drake London, all these other things. But we're seeing Traylon Burks take over and do the damn thing with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. The quarterback situation through Traylon's tenure will get better, and Derrick Henry's not always going to be there. So there's going to be more targets, and we're already seeing what Traylon has done. I'm not going to keep going on Traylon Burks because you all know how I feel. But if he does play this week, it's going to be a hammer of a start against Jacksonville, and I, I, I am I'm just I I feel gutted for Traylon because he missed out on being able to show what he is on the other side of that A.J. Brown trade that the Tennessee Titans and the Philadelphia Eagles went through last week. Last summer, I should say. The other one is the running back position in Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon were the only two running backs that really took an increasing usage against the the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Ronald Jones had a 5% share, didn't do anything. He just came in and stood there and put his finger in his nose. Hey, Patrick, are you playing football? And then he left, and he was off the field. It was gone. Uh, Jarek McKinnon, 47% snap share. Isaiah Pacheco, 45%. 16 touches for Pacheco, 10 for McKinnon, two targets for both of these guys. Both scored a touchdown. Pacheco looks like the real deal. Um, Is he a dynasty guy that I would love to buy? No. Is he a dynasty guy that I'm getting ready to sell? Yes, because this offense isn't built for the running game where I think he would best excel if he could get 22 to 24 touches in in certain games where they can actually sit and lean on him. And you're going to see him. You're never going to – I'm not going to say never because he's an he's an, ex, an, an impressive athlete with upper 90th percentile speed and athleticism but you're rarely going to see the game where Pacheco goes for 140 to 170 like we've seen from Josh Jacobs this year where he just, boom, breaks away. Pacheco has that talent, but this offense is never going to allow that based on how they play, based on how they run their offense, based on the amount that they run the ball. So Pacheco's a guy that's borderline a sell for me, and now in Dynasty, now that you're starting to see him actually do something um, with the Kansas City Chiefs, he has three goal-line touchdowns with the Kansas City Chiefs in 2022. Can anybody guess how many goal line touchdowns Clyde Edwards-Solaire has in his career? Or goal line touches Clyde Edwards-Solaire has had in the last, since week one of his rookie season. Because week one, remember, he had six of his rookie year. Since then, think about it. Think about the trust level that that takes to put a rookie down there inside the goal line, and he's had three goal line touchdowns this year. Samaje Ryan on the other side of the ball in Cincinnati, seven targets. One target behind Jamar Chase in that game. He came back from that hip injury, seven for 97, 82% snap share. P. Ryan 27 for 155. It almost looks like this offense runs better with Samaje Pirine at the running back position. And I can't really formulate a sentence around it because Piran's looked like a dusty dirt ball for the last couple years. Other than this, like late season, like late career, CJ Anderson, other other type of running back, like league winner, and I feel like Samaje might be the league winner this year. I mean, I know Mixon's had the concussion, but it, it just seems like it's happening in front of our eyes, and we're not really not really giving it credit. We're getting giving credit to to, to Christian Watson. We're giving credit to Garrett Wilson, but it seems like Samajee might be that running back. I don't. I don't know. He 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 makes this offense just look better, and it's it's tough to really kind of wrap your head around. But what I wanted to talk about is Detroit, five and seven on the season. They're two and a half point favorites over the Vikings. We'll be talking about that one on the juice here in about an hour. The new show on Player Profiler YouTube channel and podcasts. Jamal Williams, the RB twelve in fantasy this year, eleven carries, thirty five yards. He scores another touchdown on just a thirty percent snap share. DeAndre Swift is starting to overtake the usage in this backfield. We've been waiting for it. They talked about it just like six weeks ago. They're like, well, we don't know what we're going to do with Swift yet because he's not 100%, but we're wanting to get on the field because he's elusive and effective. 18 touches, 111, and a touchdown for DeAndre Swift on a 51% snatcher. So it's 50 30 uh, in favor of DeAndre Swift. Six targets in this game, 12 carries, 11 carries, zero targets for Jamal Williams. The ever uh, important and focused on debut of Jamison Williams was not what anybody expected. One target, eleven percent snap share. The receiving game is still based around one Amon Ross, St. Brown, twelve targets, twelve catches, one sixteen, and two touchdowns. That is the focal point of this Detroit offense, and they are steaming hot right now. Heading uh, to a home game, they're going to stay home and they get the Minnesota Vikings this week with a two and a half point favorite. I wouldn't touch that number. I'll tell you that right now. The Vikings are 9 0 in one-score games this year. They've only lost two games. That was to the Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles where they got dustballed. They are They just happened to win these close games. And Detroit, out of the NFC North, plays Minnesota the best out of any of the teams in the NFC North. I wouldn't touch that number. I think Detroit's a chance to win that game. But Minnesota just finds a way to hang around and, and, and finish those games on top. The other one in Minnesota, I know Dalvin Cook is fifth in the NFL in rushing right now, but Alexander Madison did score that touchdown. He got a carry inside the 20-yard line, five carries, 18 yards. Remember how good Alexander Madison is? He did get 25% of the snap share. It seems like they're splitting up the hairs good enough, but if he is a guy that is on the waiver wire or is free in your league and you're going down the stretch and your running backs are not that strong, or your running backs have been banged up, like a Najee, like a Mixon, anybody like that, or like a McCaffrey that's been banged up, or even if you have Delvin, it's handcuffing season. And Alexander Madison, people want to forget this. Outside of Tony Pollard, he's the best handcuff. Well, maybe now he's the third best outside of Rashad White. Best handcuff in the NFL. So make sure you're, you're, you're touching Alexander Madison and adding him. Jalen Ragger for the Vikings also had two touches, 46 yards. snapshot, he was hardly in the game, but he did catch one deep ball downfield. The other one that I wanted to finish with was Tampa Bay. What an incredible comeback. They were down 16-3. This game was brutal to watch for about three, three and a half quarters. And then at the end, it was Godwin, Godwin, Otten, Otten, Mike Evans, Godwin, Otten, bang, 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 all the way down the field, scored a touchdown. Then they come back. And they're marching back down the field. That's Godwin Otten, Godwin Otten Evans. And they get down to the, I don't know what it was, the seven, the eight-yard line. And it was Rashad White on an option route. And they threw it to him. And he scores the game winning touchdown. Rashad White had eight targets. Leonard Fournette, seven. Tampa Bay, I don't think he's going to get out ahead in a lot of games the remainder of the season. So you're going to see these targeted, these, these high-targeted games for these running backs continue. Rashad White and Leonard Fournette. We know how much Tom likes his running backs in the passing game. Also, k Otten, another guy. If Komet's on buy for you, go play Kate Otten if he's still out there. I've been adding and playing k Otten in spurts in different spots all season long. 10 targets, six for 28. And he did score one of those late touchdowns. That not the one that won it. Obviously, that was Rashad White, but the other one uh was k Dotten. Also Chris Godwin had that game-winning touchdown in his hands, caught the ball, touchdown, hold, 76, Donovan Smith, play comes back. So, again, Godwin had that ball in his hands. That would have been 9 for 70 in a touchdown. Instead, he ends up with 8 for 63 on 13 targets. Mike Evans, 4 for 59. Julio Jones made a fucking epic catch in this game, six targets, three receptions, 28 yards. Uh, Julio Jones doesn't look bad. If he can stay healthy, uh, that's a pretty pretty strong trio at the wide receiver position that we all expected. Kate Otten's looking good. Rashad and Fournette, if they can protect Tom, I think t- t- the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think they're six and six right now. Are going to be a team that can win a playoff game. If they play, I, I think I think Tampa Bay matches up very well with uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I think Tampa Bay would match up very well with Seattle. I think Tampa Bay would match up very well with San Francisco. Um, if their offensive line, if, if Wurfs if Wurfs can get back, I think they would match up very well with San Francisco. I think Dallas and Philly are going to be a tough matchup for anybody this year. Um, uh, but I think Tampa Bay can make a little bit of noise. Remember Tampa Bay beat Dallas 19 three in week one. So, um, they get San Fran this week. Then they get Cincinnati, Arizona, Carolina, Atlanta. It sounds crazy to say that I think Tampa Bay could beat any of these teams, but they do get San Fran this week and they did beat Dallas week one. I know it's a completely different Dallas team right now, but Tampa Bay, if this offensive line can get get somewhat healthy, Tampa Bay is going to make some noise down the stretch, but I appreciate you guys hanging out on this undercover ops episode. Remember, I'm going to put it in the description below. I think it's down there right now. College football. I've been talking about this all year. The pickums on angel fire. If you've been ignoring me, if you've been joining, if you've been playing, I appreciate you. But this time, this time around, it's a big one. It's still, everything on Angel Fire is free, by the way. If you download the Angel Fire app and you click the link below, it's all free entries. You download the app and you can play every game for free. And if you win, we'll send you money, free money to your pocket. We're giving away $1,000, $1,000 in the college football bowl pick Everyone wants to do the bowl pick-ems, the bowl contest, all this shit. Bull Pickums, $1,000 given away on Angel Fire right now. Be sure to go over to Angel Fire, download the app, click that link below, and jump in the contest today. I appreciate all of you guys hanging out, hanging around. We'll be back in approximately one hour with the juice on the YouTube on playerprofiler.com. Check it out. We'll be there talking some of that shit. Keep on being you, and let's have a fantastic Week 14. If you got any questions, patreon.com forward slash Carpenter NFL. Come over and ask. Otherwise, subscribe to PlayerProfiler.com. all in package, or the player rankings, cornerback, offensive line, dynasty, weekly, best ball, you name it, it's there, and the DFS Dominator. If you love you some DFS, get your ass on PlayerProfiler.com and subscribe to DFS Dominator.